0: you have questions we have answers we're two southern moms on the backside of raising kids and we have some things to say we've lived life made mistakes and learned some lessons
1: join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. Well, today we're going to talk about should my kid watch that? Hmm. This is a listener suggestion, which has sent us down the most wonderful rabbit hole.
0: So interesting to get these responses
1: and of information, and yeah, and responses from our listeners. So um, let's get started. We got a lot to talk about. Now, we know most kids are plugged into devices like TVs, game consoles, tablets, and smartphones well before they can even ride a bike. Technology is just a part of our lives. And as much as we would like to eliminate it altogether, most of us probably won't or can't.
0: But is it good for us? And Mm. can we tame this beast, Bonnie? Well, I think that's what remains to be seen. And we had a great three-part series of technology and what it does to our brains, which I Highly recommend. One of my favorites that we've done. So good. So let's just start with the lay of the land by looking at kids and media use by the numbers. What does the data say? Recent common sense media research shows that media use by tweens, that's ages 8 to 12, and teens, 13 to 18, has risen faster in the two years since the pandemic than the four years before. So that research found 8 to 12-year-olds spend an average of five and a half hours a day on screens and consuming media. That makes me sick to my stomach. Well, that's pretty average for a lot of adults, I think. Maybe Uh, on the low side. And that rate climbs to over eight and a half hours a day for teens. Eight and a half hours. But you think about, they're probably doing a lot of their schoolwork that way at school.
1: I hope that that's counted in there. And
0: then they get home and that's how they wind down.
1: Okay. And then among teens, 79% said they use social media and online videos at least once a week. And 32% of these said they wouldn't want to live without YouTube. Uh, I did an experiment with my study skills class mm-hmm. a few years ago in uh, the tutorial that I taught out. And I just said, I want you to put your phone, these are homeschooled, obviously, so they can have their phones with them all day long, right. in theory. Mm-hmm. So I said, just put your phone in another room. And um, I think we were going over the concept of boundaries, just whatever boundary you want to create put it in another room for whatever amount of time you want to do. Mm-hmm. I was so encouraged by their honesty because they all came back and told me, um, it didn't really go well that when they put their phone in a separate room, they actually experienced anxiety. Sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I guess oh. You know that feeling when you go, Oh my gosh, where's my phone? Yeah. Before you remember. Oh yeah. I purposely put it somewhere else. I left it over there on purpose. That made me sick. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Well, um, gosh, Two-thirds of tweens say they watch TV, 64% watch online videos, 43% play games on a smartphone or a tablet every day, and I think most concerning, the average daily screen time rate soared highest among Black and Hispanic are Latino kids and those of lower-income families. These teens and tweens were spending between six and a half and seven and a half hours a day on their screens, and as we know, that does not promote educational no. learning. That does not promote... Coping skills and, and actually increases anxiety and depression. It's bad for
1: us. That's not good. And in another survey, 71% of parents with younger children who were under 12 years old said they were concerned about their child spending too much time in front of screens.
0: You think? Mm-hmm. I think we all know that. And I, you know, I hope I'm sort of seeing some slight signs that maybe that's starting to decline, especially in uh, millennials. Gen X, that sort of generation mm-hmm. is starting to realize. Um, this the things that we're talking Aren't we about. Are we Gen X?
1: What are we? Yeah, Gen Z probably is what you mean. Boomers. I think we're boomers. I'm not a boomer, excuse me. I'm <laughs> seventy one. <laughs> At any rate, the ones who are smart, uh, who are getting wise to the consequences.
0: Are starting, are starting to, to the, change yeah, their behaviors. To limit it or to delete social media altogether. I'm telling you. That's it's, a hopeful sign.
1: It's the cigarettes of it our is. generation. Yeah, it totally is. I remember growing up learning that smoking is really, really bad for you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were doing it, including my dad, who just did it because it was a culturally accepted thing to do. Yep. And as soon as he heard it was bad for you, it was like... He stopped. No, no nicotine patch. No, nothing. One day he smoked cigars. The next day there were no cigars. My dad did the same exact thing, and so I think that there's that that is very similar to this kind of situation we're in. Mm-hmm. There's there's bodily harm mm-hmm. that's happening. It's not just um, uh, we could be using time. better use of our time. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's bodily harm, which we'll get to. That just freaked me out, quite frankly, mm. Bonnie. Yeah. Um, well, that is a so, lot.
0: Add up all those numbers that we just laid out there. That is a ton of screen time. A lot. So let's move into our question. You always (laughs) love to ask, what is media and technology for? Because we need to understand what it is for before we know if it's working for us and our kids.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So in the best sense, Mm -hmm. there are things that technology can be used for, which I think is what gave us the entry, the on-ramp to using technology. So it's great for education. I remember when we moved from just solely doing research in books to also adding the internet in on our homeschool experience. Um, It is great for entertainment. I'm glad I don't have um, CBS, NBC, and ABC only, and
0: PBS only as a choice (laughs) like I did in the 70s. That's right. It is so much easier to go looking on the internet for information instead of your card catalog. Yeah. The library and having to be at a certain location for your research. Obviously, there are benefits to it obviously yeah and and
1: you can use it as connection so originally when i first got on social media i loved it because we had moved from tennessee to indiana to north carolina and i had all these groups of friends from those locations sure. that i could regularly connect with talk to online we'd see each other's posts and i could keep up with what was going on in their lives
0: mm-hmm. was, i think we all used it for that at the beginning that was the glory back days. when it was my space and all of the early stuff. days
1: of the Facebook, the
0: Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it makes the world smaller. We get um, exposed to new ideas and information. I mean, you can start movements and political movements and areas that don't communicate with the outside world very much, which I think yeah, is a positive thing. It is. Current events and issues are right there in front of us all the time. Um, community participation, all of that stuff. It's it's very good.
1: Yeah, and even students can connect, you know, online to work on projects and exchange ideas um, from their classrooms. So, it's got these great things it can be used
0: for. Mm -hmm. But, are we using it for that? I would say, just for me, full disclosure, 50%. Maybe nowadays, 50% for that. The rest is mindless. Yeah, just checking out what's out there today. Mm
1: -hmm. I just did a little experiment and just disallowed myself to pick up my phone when I'm standing in any sort of line. Mm -hmm. Post office, grocery Mm -hmm. store, you know, wherever. And it's funny how many times I reached for it. Instead of just standing there, allowing yourself to be bored. Taking the scene around you.
0: And that line might be only five minutes and you're still like, oh, phone, phone.
1: I can fill it in. I can fill it in. (laughs) And I love to learn. So a lot of times I've got articles pulled up and I want to keep reading them, you know, and things like that. But but I just decided I needed to put some boundaries around it and just see how I did. So I guess I want to ask you, dear listener, what are you using it for Mm -hmm. in your life and in the lives of your children? I know that I, when I was a young mom,
0: I just sometimes needed a break. Did you ever just need a break, Bonnie? Of course. Of course. <laughs> and yes, we had our two or three shows that they like to watch in the morning or, you know, it was kind of part of our routine. All right, here's 30 minutes of big comfy couch or whatever it was, oh, yeah. you know. Bear in the big blue house. And they would do that. So yeah. that I didn't feel like that was detrimental overall in the long run.
1: Yeah, I needed, I needed my kids to sit still for 30 minutes or an hour while I got some stuff done sometimes. And hands down, using media was the surest and quickest way to be sure I got a break. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, we were training them to sit on a blanket for 10, 15, 30 minutes, happily sit in a playpen, eventually move to their room.
0: We did all that without screens, though.
1: Correct. All of that was without screens. That's books. But that required me to put them back on the blanket Mm -hmm. when they crawled off or be sure they didn't climb all the way out of the playpen and they went back in the The zombie state was p b s oh yeah, I knew for sure you know, between the lions they were gonna sit for thirty minutes, yeah, absolutely. and that was such a that was such a a great break for me
0: we We made the mistake, and I think it was a mistake of getting the van with the uh drop down screens so that they could watch movies on mm-hmm. road trips or even around town mm-hmm. and um. Thought it was a cool feature at the time, but now, and it did keep them entertained. It was a lot quieter. I had my, you know, it's like mommy's ears are are tired. Mommy needs to not mm-hmm. hear all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were quiet. And I can quote you finding Nemo because I heard it from the back seat so many times. But, um, but they weren't watching where we were going. They weren't necessarily looking out the window and making observations of the world at large. I think that was probably a mistake.
1: Yeah, and... um, I'm not so holy that we chose a van without screens. We were so uh, tight on money that we couldn't afford a van with screens. Mm-hmm. So the little Toyota van with the cassette player that we bought when Emma was little was the van we had the whole time they were being raised. That Toyota van, it would not die. <laughs> Thank you, God, that it did not die. It was a great paid for van, but it, it, we didn't have the choice for screens, you know, and so we didn't use them. So I'm not saying that this was some great, um, I probably would have used them Mm. if we had the money to to do it.
0: Yeah, it was the latest and greatest. Everybody was was doing that. And it was, you Mm -hmm. get swept along and think, okay.
1: So instead, we um, did audio books and audio dramas. Mm -hmm. And that requires... You had to use imagination. your imagination mm-hmm. and we for road trips, we bought binoculars so they could look out the big side window' That's fun. of the van and like see what they could see and and things like that, so I'm just throwing it out there, moms, that if some of you um have to be really careful with your budget, just know that there's unexpected benefits sometimes to not having all the choices That's right. because again, I don't think i I don't think I would have made. I would have made your choice, Bonnie. If I, if you just said like, what, what do you want? I would have said, I want the van with the screens. Mm -hmm. And so that's just another little extra piece of wisdom for you. That's not really related to this. Just that, you know, limitations, financial limitations are sometimes really good. Oh yeah, absolutely. For us.
0: I know. I know it doesn't feel that way, but that's for sure.
1: So, okay. So we know it's a babysitter. Mm -hmm. We know it's not good for us Mm -hmm. in general, let's get some, some feedback from our listeners. Okay. I love that we... you put this out
0: there and just said, okay, what do you people say? Yeah.
1: Cause yeah. we're,
0: we've been out of the game for a little while to be fair. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to hear from moms today. Okay. What today in 2023 are you experiencing with your kids watching yeah. shows or videos? Yeah. Interesting responses. Okay. So one mom of a preschooler. She said, for the good, I really appreciate listener kids on YouTube. It's all worship music for kids and always helps us recenter on what's important, especially on those hard days. And she says, for the bad, the addiction to Bluey and assuming that TV time will be all of the time has opened our eyes to why TV shouldn't be constant. Interesting.
1: Yeah, so interesting. And then there was a mom of teens who said that – Her boys used to watch Jesse on Disney Channel, and they would watch a couple of episodes during their screen time for the day. And after about a month, they got incredibly disrespectful towards both her and her husband, but especially their dad. Originally, they didn't realize it was that particular show, but they cut their screen time to just Skylanders, which is a video game, for 30 minutes a day. And within a few days, voila, their attitude changed. Right. And so they later on added Jesse back in and wouldn't you know, the attitudes uh, resurfaced so they were able to make that connection yeah. and go, that's, that's just off the table.
0: So think back to the title of this episode, Should My Kid Watch That? That's why we asked this question because mm-hmm. does it really have an effect on your kid's behavior? Yeah. You, are you even noticing that it has an effect? And then I loved this other example
1: she gave as far as just modeling how to consume media, Uh when a scantily clad woman would come on TV, usually during a commercial, during football season, like the Victoria's Secrets ads, her husband always looked away and both of her boys just picked up on it. They did not require them. Hmm. They did not say, thus saith mother and father, (laughs) you must look away. Shield your eyes. This is what you do. You just, you don't look at that. And so... Um, <laughs> they would just go like, oh, wow, the ceiling looks so great. <laughs> That's a beautiful wall. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of make a fun Humor. joke out of it. Humor always yeah.
0: good. Sure. Uh, okay, so we had a mom of four, including a newborn, respond. And she said that they've done several detoxes and completely screen-free weeks, which I think is so good. What a great practice. We talked about it beforehand. So the kids didn't really fight about it. And they enjoyed so much more quality playtime together, were creative, and were outside exploring more. And when they are going to add baby number four, they've relied too much on TV. And she's thinking, I think it's time to go back to that detox Mm -hmm. thing again. Mm -hmm. So
1: uh, then there was a mom of nine-year-old twins who wrote in and said, they've got their girls' tablets for their birthday. And they'd outgrown the kids fire tablets and they wanted something that could run their school apps. Like we were talking earlier, you know, people use them for school. Okay. And so they, they bought some that were touted to be kids tablets, but she quickly found out they're not, you can add tons of safety features. She wrote in, but they don't come pre-installed. And even with all the parental features in place, Google play can be quite the quagmire. Mm. (laughs) She said, so she just got tired of like wading through the muck of all the, all the different ways she had to be sure they were using it in a way that was safe and appropriate with right. the boundaries so things escalated um as all these other moms are saying they went from being a privilege yep to being a right to have access to their tablet so two weeks into having their new kid tablets um they just said you know what you can't Are you can't access anything that's not already on there and She's still torn. She said, you know, I'm, I've toyed with the idea of just returning them. What do we do?
0: <laughs> that's just such a common thing. It's such a love-hate relationship. I mean, you wanted to do it as a gift, and it does have these great features. But it just, they're, the tendrils sink in with their little barbs so quickly. And, yeah, it does become this, oh, wait, that's mine now. Yeah. And I don't have to earn it, and it's just my right to have. Wow. and And, you know, I hear a lot about YouTube. Yeah. Um, she says, it took me a while to figure out what was making my kids so disrespectful and downright mean. And within days, they realized it was YouTube.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they banned them from it. And their sweet, respectful girls returned. Mm-hmm. Fairly quick. It was crazy the difference that it made, especially because nothing they were watching seemed inappropriate. Now, that's an interesting yeah. take. There just weren't specific morals to the story or anything, anything encouraging them to be smart or kind or loving. Neutral shows could still be so detrimental. There is no neutral when it comes to screen time. Oh, that's,
1: yeah. Say it again for the moms <laughs> in the back. There's no neutral.
0: And that's because it's not necessarily about what you're watching. It's some about that, but it's about what it's doing to you, mm-hmm. your brain.
1: Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. And then she mentions cell phones, which some of her nine-year-old friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Already have. Already I'm sure. have. I'm sure.
1: And it's a disaster, she said. And so she's um, just going to delay as long as she can. And I know one mom friend who has like a 13 year old and she's like holding the line. Yeah. Yay for her. She's like absolutely lead the charge woman. And (laughs) whenever, whenever her children have um, friends over, she's like got a basket on her kitchen counter. She's like, they all go here. Good. You don't get them at my house. And she tells the moms beforehand, you know, you can, you can call me if Mm -hmm. you need to get a hold of your child. Like, We've done forever right. before we used to the do. last 10 years, 20 years. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think that's that's awesome. And I hope the moms are on board with that. Yeah. She saying, you said you know, they, I hope that it would be great have. if everyone let's do that at our house too. And hey, you know, when we go to Jill's house, let's do that over there too. Mm-hmm. And then it's a group and the kids just know, oh, this is something we do. And it's not something you have to fight. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Everybody get on board. Okay. <laughs> there was a mom of a five year old. She said we noticed my daughter saying horrible and boring after watching <laughs> Peppa Pig.
1: I'm so glad you got this one. You have a great British accent.
0: <laughs> so one day in a calm moment, they had a short chat about choosing kind words and not just repeating everything you hear. And they, they told her, okay, if you use horrible and boring two words inappropriately, <laughs> they're not gonna, you're not going to get to watch Peppa Pig anymore. And a few days later, she did say one of them. So they calmly told her, Okay. Like, that was your choice. not Peppa bye, Pig Peppa. for a week. Sorry. And she was upset but not surprised. After a week, they let her try again, and then she didn't use those words for a long time. But it's words. That, I mean, that's just a sort of benign, maybe, uh, result of that. They're in the thick of teaching her not to say hate right now.
1: No mm-hmm. idea where it
0: came from. She watches Bluey, Peppa Pig, and Tots. And when she's sick or on a long trip, she likes watching Frozen. Mm-hmm. Kanto and Mary Poppins, and they try to keep a rotation of the music they listen to in the car, especially which um, Casper, Baby Pants, Seeds, Family Worship, which we love, mm-hmm. classical piano. Daddy sing lullabies, that kind of thing. Listen- hide them in your
1: heart. Don't skip that. That was like a fave in our house. Uh, hide them
0: in your heart. I'm yep. so glad to know that's still even around. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to songs straight from scripture have a powerful effect on everyone in the car. So too much is bad. And even good shows might not be okay for your child. And that's a key. Or mm-hmm. two. Each each kid's different. Mm-hmm. So
1: Although I think moms tend to go, well, my kid's different. My kid mm-hmm. is special. So that is not your out, that's by right. the way.
0: Oh, my kid can watch that. <laughs> It won't have any effect on them. Yeah, it's not going to
1: have an effect on them. I talked to my college student friends, like Bachelorette or Bachelor. They're like, well, we're just watching it for entertainment. I'm like, yeah, that's not a neutral activity. Stop watching that garbage. That's right. So, okay, so let's take some time to talk about the risks and drawbacks of media use by children and teens. So there's plenty. Mm -hmm. I think, well, let's start with the um, kidshealth.org website, which kind of has some big picture drawbacks and then there's this amazing account we want to talk to you about that has some more specific startling information for moms of young ones toddlers and infants so number one there is an obesity link
0: Right. well you're not moving yeah that's obvious yeah you're not getting outside so you're also watching
1: yeah. So yeah, it's double whammy, right? So kids who spend too much time using media are more likely to be overweight. Health experts have long linked too much screen time to excess weight. And they not only just sit still, they tend to snack.
0: Mm-hmm. Goes hand in hand, Ooh. isn't it? The mindless hand in the potato chip bag, right? And they're seeing ads during a lot of that pop up ads that encouraging them to eat unhealthy foods. Have you watched kids? Oh, yeah. Saturday TV lately?
1: Right, it's Even, all. I mean, us too. Sugar frosted cocoa, Kool Aid, and Pop Tarts, sure. and all this stuff.
0: Yeah, that's when they advertise all that, and there's a reason. Yeah, because that's what kids mm. are going to ask their parents for. Exactly. Sure. And then there's risky behaviors. Right. Obesity and risky behaviors, because characters on TV and in video games often show that, and they'll have the little warning things, you know, you see up on top mm-hmm. of Netflix. Mm-hmm. But how often do you actually pay attention to it? Well, we'll just watch it anyway. So. Alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, that's cool, fun, and exciting. They might lead to substance abuse problems. Also high-risk sexual practices. That's, that is across the board, all over the place. Anything goes in that area. And studies show that teens who watch lots of sexual content are more likely to start sexual activity at a young age.
1: Yeah, and that's not even talking about porn, which we already have talked about in our technology oh, yeah, episode. Other, mm-hmm. which, is, which is not just pushing them to have sex, it's pushing them to have dangerous Kinds of sex, Mm -hmm. more violent kinds of sex. So, which leads us to another drawback, seeing violence. The average American child will see 200,000 violent acts on TV by age 18. Yep. Many of these are done by the good guys whom kids are taught to admire. And in fact, the hero often wins by fighting with or killing the bad guys. This can confuse kids as they're trying to understand the difference between right and wrong. That's what I love about the gospel gospel is like, you know what? We're all bad guys. <laughs> and the hero comes in and lays down his life for us. Hmm. And then we get to follow, the, follow suit, lay down our lives for him and very for each
0: different. other. Yeah, very different picture Yeah, of what this world is. We're
1: made for stories, too. Stories are so powerful.
0: Mm. But Hollywood knows that. So kids who view violence on screen are more likely to show aggressive behavior and to fear that the world is scary and something bad will happen to them. Um, more and more, if you read uh, middle grade and young adult books, they're they're darker and darker. If you just walk through the aisles of any given bookstore, Starbling. the covers are dark black. They're dark purple. They're dark red. Just the content and uh, worldview, all of it, is darkening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prove me wrong. Go yeah, to the bookstore I and see if I'm I, not right about it, that. I, I, it's um and you can do it on your Hulu
1: screen or your Netflix screen. Just, yes. f- sc- just scroll the covers of the, the covers of posters. the shows. Yeah, because there's spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms overtaking, you know, the arts. The arts are from God and are beautiful and powerful and the enemy knows that. And the enemy wants to take that ground. Yep. I, and so we don't need to concede it.
0: Absolutely. We
1: just we don't need to let that garbage in our home. Absolutely.
0: And it's, so That leads right into, you know, young kids are frightened by those kind of images, right? So that's an open window for things like that. They don't yet understand necessarily what's real and what's not. Their imaginations are fluid and creative and wild at that age. Um, So simply saying, oh, that's not real. It's just a movie. That's not really helping the situation. You can start to see nightmares creeping up. You can start to see aggressiveness with friends and siblings, Um, anxiety will come up Mm -hmm. because of this worldview. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Which this can be used for good. I've mentioned this before on here. We um, did community Bible study, the kids and I, and one year, whatever the adults are doing, the children do Mm -hmm. whatever book of the Bible it is. So the year we did revelation, I'm like, how is this going to go? Their imaginations are primed to understand revelation. They got it better than I got it Mm. right off the bat because they can picture that stuff in their heads—the the dragon and the horses with the wings and the sword coming out of Jesus's mouth and you know the big tattoo on his leg of the name nobody's ever mm. spoken. They got it and they understood. Like, oh yeah, that's that's this is a picture of how the world is. This is how the world works. Mm-hmm. So again, it it use it for good, moms. Like it take like capitalize on that and expose them to things that will build the worldview you're looking for. Right. And I was very surprised. I thought there would be nightmares and fear from studying Revelation, but there wasn't because there had been this groundwork laid of who God is and God is bigger God and God is stronger, stronger. And you're you know, we're on the side of the light and good and mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. So okay, another drawback to excessive media use is sleep, mental health and other problems. So kids who use media in their bedrooms, Bonnie, <laughs> don't let your kids right. use media in your bedroom. No, they, yeah,
0: that is a restful room period. Uh, no screens. Surprise. They're not getting enough
1: sleep at night. If you let their iPad or their phone or their computer or their TV.
0: Right. It wrecks their melatonin just physically, just a basic physical thing. But then also it's your mentally h- harder to shut down. Mm-hmm. It, exacerbates um, ADHD kids who generally have problems sleeping anyway. Mm, it's harder mm-hmm. for them to shut down. Um, they're also, they don't have any kind of refuge or safe space to just turn off all the junk that's been happening during the day at school or with friends or on social media. They need to get unhooked from that. Mm-hmm. Now, we would allow ours
1: to listen to Adventures in Odyssey in bed, like the audio drama as they were falling asleep, and they did that for years and years and years and years. And I've said on here before; I'll say it again. It was just such a beautiful way to layer the principles that we were wanting to pull from scripture in a way that was a fun story mm-hmm. um, form, and very um, they were very invested in the characters and it came like became like a part of their childhood in a really big way and i was a big like bible stories we study the bible around here (laughs) and i was i would question myself from time to time but then i began to see the fruit of we're reading these bible stories but this other set of stories is is putting flesh
0: it's on the bones yeah it puts it in application my kids loved adventures and odyssey yeah we did the same thing they listened to it almost every afternoon Mm -hmm. um really came up with some great depth and questions from that depending on their age. We had some really great conversations that come from that. They tackle
1: everything on there. Yeah. There's so many things that they, they really wrestle with and it's great. All right. And then there's too many commercials, Bonnie. Talk about that.
0: I can't stand commercials. They're so loud. (laughs) Well, kids don't understand that commercials are for selling a product, that it's all about economy, and they can't tell the difference sometimes between the show and the ad. But even older kids, you need to remind them of the purpose of advertising. Video games especially are full of pop-up ads with pressure to buy. Uh, YouTube, constant pop-up ads. Um, You need to explain what those are for and what what the world is all about. It's commercializing them. It's Mm -hmm. trying to get them to buy things they probably don't need and believe that somehow that's gonna make them happier. So introduce them critical thinking. And we do that with questions always. So ask them to be like, what do you like about that? Do you think it's really as good as it looks in that ad? Is it worth the money? They're asking you to pay for it. Would you would you care to work for that? Mm-hmm. You know, is it worth you working for? Mm-hmm. So teach them to be smart consumers and to think critically about ads. Yeah, what are they connecting?
1: Um you know, happiness, this beautiful life. If you have this thing, you know, help them connect the dots between what they're promising you. Yeah. And the item that they're selling. Yep. And then you found this amazing Instagram account, which right. I'm going to start following.
0: Oh, she's so good. And this actually came to us from a listener too, a tip from a listener. It's at Jerica Sands. And that's J E R R I C A S A N N E S. And she also has a website, raisewildflowers.com. She has some awesome and startling information on media in general for young kids in particular and the effect of the pace of these shows, the content of these shows on kids' brains and behavior. It's just fascinating. just just go through her account and it's fascinating. It,
1: it's fascinating in the worst of ways, Bonnie, it's upsetting. <laughs>
0: well it gives you the more you know right? right the more you know that's right so she says um through lots and lots of research and experience young children but particularly infants and toddlers simply take in the effects of the show the lights the sounds the flashes and the colors rather than the content itself screen time for infants and toddlers is just a super intense sensory experience so while they're billing these shows as educational and what they base that on you really need to do your research on what the kids are actually getting at those really young ages is just extra stimulation that their brains can't follow.
1: Right. Right. So she quotes Dr. Dimitri Christakis, who says, we know from studies of newborn rats that if you expose them to different levels of stimuli, the architecture of the brain looks very different. The newborn human brain develops rapidly during the first two to three years of life and overstimulation can create habits of the mind that are ultimately deleterious. Wow.
0: Yeah. So that's little bitty. And there... I, I'm not really sure why you would have it, a screen for an infant. At, at what point that would be good.
1: I think that it probably infants. would be the same impulse that had me stick the pacifier in my child's mouth over and over and over again. Like I was... I didn't know what to do, you know, especially with my first one. I, I was, didn't want to hear the crying. So I'd pop the pacifier in, which created the habit, which I then had to eventually break. Mm-hmm. And it was very painful to go through the withdrawal of the pacifier. And so if I had that available to me, would I have used it? Maybe.
0: I don't know, Bonnie. So the thing is that these shows that she talks about and researches are, they are mesmerizing they
1: are You're even right. though
0: they're overstimulating and there's flashes and quick scene changes and all of that stuff it does quiet a child because mm-hmm. they're trying so hard their brain is trying so hard to keep up with that and they all so much stuff is going on neurologically it keeps them quiet so parents think oh, they're loving it and right. they're absorbed by the story but that's not actually what's happening in their yeah. little heads
1: so um, let's unpack a couple of shows. Let's start with Cocoa Melon. She has some interesting. we are going
0: to go there. <laughs> I know this is so popular. <laughs>
1: she has some interesting info about Cocoa melon. Um She says Cocoa Melon is so hyper stimulating that it actually acts as a drug. A stimulant.
0: A stimulant. I would not think a stimulant. I would think. A sedative. They're quiet. Yeah. So it's sedative.
1: Yeah. She says the brain receives a hit of dopamine from screen time. Well, we know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you that when I'm. Looking for it when I'm standing in line. That's right. right? And it seems that the stronger the drug, that is the level of stimulation a show delivers, the stronger the hit of dopamine. Okay.
0: And the show developers are well aware of this effect.
1: (laughs) Yeah. They don't don't have your sweet little child's best interest at heart. They don't know them and love them like you do. They have a job to do.
0: Right. Get them addicted to the show. Mm Mm-hmm get mom and dad addicted to it because it works so well Mm -hmm. and then put some ads in there
1: market the heck out of it and sell 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 merch merch Mm merch.
0: so this leads to number one young children experiencing very real symptoms of addiction and withdrawal which leaves them completely dysregulated and number two a general discomfort in the speed of everyday life
1: Mm-hmm. The more a child watches that show, the more their brain begins to crave and expect this intense level of stimulation, making it impossible for them to play creatively without entertainment,
0: which breaks my heart. Go back to our series
1: for, with Jamie Langley on children and play and all of the things that it's doing to your child's brain when they look at a tree, when they stand in the grass. Yeah. It's the it's all it's all of the opposite things of what we're describing here. Oh, It's so beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: So you th- are the creators of this and other infant toddler shows, unaware of how much money they're able to make by drugging your toddler enough to form an actual addiction—an addiction that's going to lead to millions and millions of views on YouTube and a seemingly permanent spot on the Netflix top ten. You think they're unaware of that?
1: Yeah. Follow the money. Coco Melon was sold in a three billion dollar deal. That's a B, three billion dollars yeah. for a
0: cartoon.
1: That's your child's cognitive development in, in direct exchange for wealth.
0: Yeah. So uh, Jerica Sands would say.
1: <laughs> I love her. I'm friends with her even though I don't know her.
0: I, me too. <laughs> me too.
1: This next one this next Can we line, just have her over next week, please? I know. Please come. Please come on our show.
0: Cocomelon is essentially baby cocaine, an intense and dangerous stimulant, which will likely result in an entire generation of children with attention, behavior, and executive functioning disorders. Oh. <laughs> Okay, then there you have it. There's a hot take. But Daniel Tiger is so much sweeter, right? What about
1: sweet Daniel Tiger? She's going to go after Daniel Tiger?
0: Oh, poor Daniel. She's
1: like, I'm coming at (laughs) you.
0: What's wrong with Daniel Tiger?
1: Oh, well, she says here's the thing. Daniel Tiger is awesome for helping parents understand how to hold space for their little one's big emotions, how to model emotional intelligence, and how to help our toddlers develop self-regulation tools. It's a great parent training tool. Mm -hmm.
0: You see, a lot of parents love Daniel Tiger and Bluey. I like it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. It's nice to watch.
1: Mm -hmm. But young children cannot think big picture. Okay. This is... This is the same principle as moms. Why when you start explaining to your two-year-old why you don't want them to do fill in the blank and you use more than three sentences, this is what they hear. Wah, 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 wah. They don't have all that executive functioning. Right. Um, They don't have the ability to take in the big picture. They want what they want right then. Yes. And the answer you need to get from them is you need to listen to me. Not right now. No. So before age 12, 12, Bonnie. Yeah. And especially before age seven. Older than you think. Children take things at face value. They learn about the world by observing and then mimicking what they see.
0: (laughs) So they're learning to be a person from you.
1: Yes. Which is why I think that Jesus says you must become like little children to follow me. We look at him and we mimic what we see. Mm -hmm. You don't have to understand it all and cross your arms and go give me a good reason, Jesus, why I've got to go love my enemies. (laughs) That's
0: right. And we don't have the big picture. We don't have all that concrete behind the scenes. We don't
1: have the whole big picture. We and are
0: just doing what he does.
1: Obedience is an amazing teacher. And that brings its own level of understanding, which is what Jesus says to us. So your kid can't can't figure this out when they're watching Daniel Tiger. You can. You're saying, oh, this is how you help recognize an emotion and, right. and um, acknowledge it and then make a different choice. Your child can't not do that.
0: So I love this example she gives. So when Daniel has an angry outburst and knocks down his friend's blocks, we, what do we see as parents? Oh, Daniel was mad, but he sang a song and he breathed and he counted and he calmed down. Well, next time he'll sing and breathe instead of knocking down his friend's blocks. And what does the kid say? <laughs> what does the kid see on that? The kid
1: sees, wow, that's some interesting behavior. And I'm going to knock down blocks let's see what happens when I knock down blocks <laughs> and then I'm going to breathe I'm gonna see what happens when I breathe and I'm gonna count they're, they're doing them individually and what's the most okay. interesting thing is it more interesting to breathe and count or is it more interesting to wail on a pile of blocks and cause an effect and cause yeah the cause sure. and effect thing
0: yeah what's which one can they remember yeah mostly when the show is turned off right well the blocks that was fun yeah so it's carefully designed to have a hypnotic effect on our kids, those bright colors, if you'll watch. Now that we're saying this, go and watch an episode. Mm -hmm. You'll see twirling shapes and this interactive component are both overstimulating and addictive. So if your toddler is having trouble, and I know this is a typical toddler behavior, but if your toddler has trouble transitioning to a new activity, playing independently, or falling asleep, they're likely overstimulated. So what does that look like? Um, tantrums, meltdowns, laughing crazy when nothing funny has happened, not knowing to do what to do with those emotions, running, moving their body uncontrollably, even if you try to stop them, um, chewing on their fingers, unable to calm down and make eye contact. A lot of those things are what you would think were on spectrum yeah, the, disorders, the eye, but they're overstimulation.
1: The eye contact is a real giveaway to me just for what's going on with your child. Mm hmm. And one of the things can be, yeah, you're very overstimulated, right? Let's just go
0: sit and be quiet and look at books or mm-hmm. go outside. Mm-hmm.
1: So she thinks we've begun brushing behavior issues off as being the toddlerhood norm. This to me reminds me of what we think about teens. Yes, in our country, mm-hmm. they're its just going to—it's uh, going to be a nightmare. It's just going to be so so hard. That's just the norm. Teens are terrible. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that stereotype. And then. She says we later overdiagnose learning and behavior disorders when in actuality we've just accepted the habit of overstimulating our children as a societal norm, essentially drugging their developing brains and setting them up for failure.
0: Let that sit with you for a minute. And if you didn't know that that's what was happening with these shows, well now you do. Yeah. So when you know better, do better. Yeah. So she suggests, which I love this is figuring out what your child's baseline is. So you can go on her website raisewildflowers.com and she's got this great tv detox program you can do so that you can find your child's no screen baseline which is what some of those moms who responded said that they did yeah you take them off that for a week take take this no screen week or whatever no screen summer even better if you can handle it and see how their behavior changes and that's your real kid Mm -hmm. he's he or she is in there somewhere Mm -hmm. don't you want to know who that is yes Yes, you do. It really breaks my heart.
1: It, I know. I know. She. Yeah, you're getting choked up. You're, it, yeah. So she, she. here's what she recommends. And it's interesting. Um, our neuroscientist friend Tiffany, who came on for our sleep episode, said this is what she did with her own children because she knew all this yep. before the rest of us did because of her schooling. Yep. Zero to 24 months, no screen time. None. None. Zero. And then two to four years, no more than one hour daily unless less is better. And, and Tiffany told me that... Yeah. It's even better if you can get your child to look away and look at you while they're watching the show and then you say something about it and then they turn their attention back, which means you can't use it as a babysitter.
0: Right. Then you're having to be right because there. Because you have to
1: be right there yeah. with them. So, so we're going to
0: use it though. Yeah, we're going to use we it. We will. But think about that an hour. Okay. So you've got 30 minutes in the morning, maybe 30 minutes in the afternoon. And the rest of the time, well, you mm-hmm. get to be a parent of this lovely, wonderful being that has been entrusted <laughs> into your care. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, it's a gift. Really, it's a blessing.
1: Here's some resources because we know, you know what? Many of you are not going to just go cold turkey like my dad did with the cigars and pitch your screens out the window. Which we're going to hear from another mom who has raised seven children with zero screens. And I I can't wait. She's going to send us some of her just her thoughts on it, what she's observed, why she did it mm-hmm. that way 20 years mm-hmm. ago. Um, but in, so in the meantime, for the rest of us who did use screens and will be using screens, some plugged in online by focus on the family. Um, you can go to plugged in.com to find reviews of movies, TV shows, music, games, books, and even YouTube channels. So they keep, Expanding because they didn't have the YouTube channels when we were raising our kids.
0: And they will show you how to use parental controls on those streaming services that we all have coming into our homes. Mm -hmm. So they're keeping up with things. Common sense media is another great resource. We use that a lot, has reviews on movies, TV shows, games, apps, books, podcasts, all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's at jerica Sands, her her account on Instagram. She gives you all the lowdown on all the stuff we were just talking about, plus Miss Rachel. On YouTube, which I know you all love. Go to her site and see why maybe you shouldn't.
1: Okay, okay. And then we would be remiss if we didn't mention at the end of our episode, alternatives to screens, to media. Some of our mom contributors gave us good ideas already, but let's talk about... the Right Now Media app, which a lot of churches provide for, for free. free to mm-hmm. their to their congregation, it has Christian worldview cartoons and shows and music and Bible lessons and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sing the Word. Um, <laughs> I got to mention this. Sing the Word. Memories. Bible memory songs by the Harrow family. For those of you who like old school Christian music, this is the most uncool music
0: like Lawrence Welk it's, kind of yeah, throwback it's, okay. it's,
1: it's a it's a sweet big family and all their children and the mom and dad play the instruments and sing and it's straight up scripture it's no there's nothing else in it mm-hmm. so it's what we used for our kids to memorize Okay, you know the Bible and we would just add it into what we would to what we would listen to Seeds Family Worship is more contemporary Christian yeah. sound and so I know we all have different tastes and for those of you who like hymns check out the Harrow family. (laughs) And Adventures in Odyssey, audio drama, listen, audio drama, audio books have a lot of benefits to them. So again, back to our beginning of our episode, media is not all horrible, terrible, awful, it can be used for good.
0: Oh, yeah, you just have to be selective. And you have to know what you're doing. You have yeah. to know what you're doing. So it's
1: worth it just to mention that audiobooks do so many great things for your child. It helps your child's imagination develop because they have to picture what is being described and it promotes their vocabulary. Um, they understand words and their meaning and how they work. They can listen to, I think it was um, two to three grade levels when I was doing my kids, two to three right. grade levels beyond what they could read on their own. They just listen to it.
0: Yeah, building the vocabulary and their context and all of those things, their understanding of language in general. So it also teaches an appreciation of phrasing and dialogue, how dialogue works and all of those things. It's really, it's really good.
1: When they actually look at a book and it's like, oh, you pause for a comma. You say Mm -hmm. it this way with a question. You, Mm -hmm. You pronounce this way with an exclamation point. It's, yeah, it's really good. My kids became the best listeners they could sit in church and listen to a sermon and i think it's because at a pretty young age partly because we did so much of this training um at home so build that muscle moms and dads because as proverbs fourteen one says the wise woman builds her house but with her own hands the foolish one ta- tears hers down mm. don't tear down your house right by just allowing all this in on without any kind of intention or boundaries or knowledge
0: right if we think of it as a drug which mm-hmm. it more and more as we're learning it actually is uh, you're not just going to stick an iv in your 2 year old's arm right for the day and let them run around with that all day long <laughs> like they're pulling around a, an iv bag yeah. with them i mean picture that when you're handing them a screen you're putting in the iv and then i think we would most moms would be like, no way. I would never do that to my kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think we intentionally do. But but now you know. It's there. Now yeah. you know. So check out all these resources that we've got. Um, we're going to have them all linked on our website, justaskyourmom.com. And take five seconds to rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you listen to. And share us with your friends and family.
1: Yeah. And thank you for this topic suggestion. Uh, and keep them coming. Just podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on... Just ask your mom.